0: Good morning, good morning. Before we begin, we're going to pray for our offering this morning and then we're going to move into God's Word so we can grow and learn how to love one another. I'm excited about today's message. Uh, God is going to speak to us this morning, but before we get started, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your people. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. To save the world from our sins what a mighty thing what a beautiful thing father Lord may we grasp that Lord God and Lord I just thank you for those who were able to give this morning and for those who couldn't give you know our hearts Lord and I pray Lord that you use the offering to benefit your kingdom to serve your people in Jesus name amen So lately we've been going over unity, what it means to be unified as the body of Christ, to be one, that people will know who God is. And today we're going to focus on arguably the greatest of all, love. Now, love is a word that's thrown around a lot. It's a really popular word, but how many people truly know what love is? Where does love originate from? Does it originate from Chris Peterson? Nope. Does it originate from the Pope? Nope. Martin Luther King? Nope. So we're going to look at that this morning. Where does love originate from? Because love is so important. People are seeking for love. People want love. Now, often when we think about love, people think about love in in the way of relationships, you know, romance, all of those things. But it's a little deeper than that. Because romance can be based on that you're attracted to a person. Right? Right? how they look, how they dress, whatever it may be. But love is deeper. See, love is sacrificial. Love is something that you might not want to give someone based on their flaws, based on how they treat you. Love is not based on uh, loving people that are just like you. Love is not based on how I feel. It's actually an action when you love. See, God wants us to understand that you just can't love people that are like you. You look at race, mm. politics, people that agree with you on everything. It's easy to love those people. But really, that's not love because it's not sacrificial. You're sacrificing nothing. That's easy. You know, if if i If there's somebody that agrees with everything that I say, and we kind of hit it off like two peas in a pot, that's easy. but Jesus gave us the greatest love God gave us what his son, and we're going to look at what that means so let's move into our text this morning, and we have quite a few scriptures today because God wants to teach us some things, so be ready to. Be attentive to God's word. This is not my word. This is God's word. We're going to go to John 13. Verse 34 or verses 34 and 35 reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Now, a command is not a suggestion. He didn't say if you want to love one another to do so. If you feel good today to love one another. If you black, love one another. If you white, love one another. If you Hispanic, right? It's a command. He's telling you to do it. There's no exception. Now, us parents know what commands are because we give our kids commands, right? I want you to clean that room. That is not a suggestion. I want you to be to the table to eat at 6 p.m. and we're going to have dinner together. So we all know what commands are. We grew up with them in a the classroom. Keep your hands and feet to yourself. Use nice words. Wash your hands when you go to the restroom, right? We know all those things are what? Good to do. So God has given us a a good command to do. Just as I have loved you, you you also are to love one another. So we're going to dissect that here. It says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. See, God says... Today he wants us to check our hearts to feel to, to figure out and to understand how we are representing him. Ask yourself a question how are you representing Christ today? Kurt Franklin said, some people will never go to church, and you'll be the only Jesus they ever see. You will only be the only Jesus because some people ain't gonna go to church, and I'm cool with that. See, God is not confounded to what a building. See, when you are a Christian, when God lives in you, you are the church. You are his sanctuary. So wherever you go, God goes. His spirit goes. Right? If I'm at home, if you have the Holy Spirit, God is with you. When I'm at work, right, no matter where I go, Jesus is there with you. So, let's dissect love. Love is action. Let's look at John 3.16. I might have to pause a little bit from time to time because we're making sure we have it up on projection this morning. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Love is action. Jesus came to die for our sins. It is action. John, 1 John 3, 18, if you can go there for me. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. See, love ain't about what you just say. It's about what you do. Hmm? Because it's about what Christ did for us. Now, some of us could argue and say it's just hard to love certain people. Like, there's some people that get under my skin. There's some people I just I can't kick it with. There's just some people I just don't like, you know, man. That whatever category that is, some of us think that. But because of what Christ has done for us, in looking at His example, we can love others based on His power. So it's not based on what necessarily we do; it's God in us, and then we follow His example. Because we think about the action. He did not wait for us to be good people, to be cleansed, to be righteous before him. He died on the cross based on his love, his action, not our action. We did nothing to earn God's love. Romans Five, can we go there? Romans five, verses six through eleven. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Action. He took the first step. God pursues us. When I wasn't a Christian, I was an ugly person. I think I looked kind of good, but <laughs> I'm talking about the spirit man in here. I, was a, I could be an ugly person at times. Um, and yet when I was in sin, doing things that were not pleasing to God, he did what? He died for me. See, when you love people, you have to love them despite their ugliness, their nastiness, whatever is in them, right? God wants to have that type of love, unconditional love. The question is, Is are we loving that way? Can we love that way? Yes. We're going to unpack that a little further. Next Verse. Verse 7, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. See, this love is amazing. God sending his son to die on the cross for our sin saves us from his wrath. Saves us from ourself here, too, making some bad mistakes, right? Because the Spirit is working on us to do good things, right? For his glory, to produce fruit that is good. But he actually saves us from his wrath, the wrath of God. What is that? H-E-L-L. Hell. Eternal, eternal damnation. Now, some um, theologians argue or debate that, you know, is it literally fire or is it this place of being absent for God forever in darkness by yourself, knowing that you're separated from God forever and from your loved ones, and you're just in this place of darkness forever and eternity by yourself? Either way, they're both bad, horrible, horrific. But he saves us from that, Right? He saves us from that. And I'm going to get to what what is the big ideal about that. I'm going to get there as we continue to go. Verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So God's love reconciles us to himself. Right? God wants us to be reconciled to one another. Despite our differences, despite the ugliness sometimes that we have in us, despite our sin, God wants us to love one another. He wants us to be reconciled to each other. So as we see God's love reached out to us, God's love does not sit back and wait. Now, when we are in conflict with people and things aren't right and we're not loving someone, should we sit back and wait? No. The love of God should cause us to seek reconciliation. To move towards that person. To pursue that person. To make that relationship right. That is love. That is sacrificial. God's love pursues us to make things right between God and us. Do you have any relationships that need to be made right? Do you have any? What are you doing about it? Now we know when... We're in conflict with someone, and that relationship isn't right. It's heavy. It's a burden to carry that, to carry that hate or um, resentment, bitterness, that wrath that we can want to carry. We feel it. But God's plan is for us not to be that way. It's to give people the gift of love. Once again, how do we do it? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God has given us love. So when God loves us, he's in our example. Now we can show other people God's love. Because he has forgiven us. So we can what? Forgive others. That's very important. Here's another bullseye, Romans 13.8. This is amazing scripture. They're all amazing, but this one just hits to the core. Now, where I'm from, we have a saying, <laughs> all I got to do is stay black and die. But <laughs> somebody tell me you try to do something when I wasn't saved, I'd be like, man, you better get out of my face. All I got to do is stay black and die. I don't got to do nothing. No, I ain't doing nothing. You ain't going to tell me what to do. And there's some people who tell you quick. You ain't telling me to do nothing. I'll do what I want to do. Now, as a Christian, uh-uh, no way. No Apostle Paul says, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. God says, guess what? You do owe some. If you are a Christian, or if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you owe love. See, when Christ died on the cross, he had to pay a debt. He had to sacrifice It was painful. They spit in his face. Some people didn't even believe he was the Messiah. He did miracles, and some still didn't believe. Some did, but some didn't. Some didn't even want it. I remember there was one miracle he did where this guy was a demon-possessed, and he cast the demons into the swine, and the swine ran off into the ditch, And the the guy was like, dude, nah, man, Jesus, you got to get out of here. Nah, you you just cost me all my money. The guy did not see the love of Christ, how God had just delivered this person from being demon-possessed. This guy was set free from these demons. He said, nah, I don't, nah, uh, get out of here, Jesus. So love is what? Sacrificial. You're going to have to pay a debt to love somebody. You're going to have to pay because there's some people out there that's going to treat you wrong. They're not going to treat you right. But God says, guess what? The debt I paid for you, I want you to be an imitator of me. And I want you to love that person no matter how much it sacrifices you. Now, I'm not saying that you let people just treat you wrong. You got to get, the Bible says, in your um, knowledge, get understanding. So God will give us wisdom, too, on how to operate in love, right? So that's very important to know. We just don't let people run over us, but there's a way you still have love. And you have to seek God on that, on that wisdom. Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, he says, pay attention. Therefore, it means let's get, let's do something. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Be imitators. God wants us to imitate him in loving one another. Now we're going to look at another passage because I want to show show you all Jesus in action. Let's go to John 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. You're familiar with the woman calling adultery. We're going to take a look at this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? So, see, Jesus got wisdom. He's going to handle this thing the right way. See, you'll get put in a position where you got to do the right thing, and God will give you wisdom. Because remember, you have the Holy Spirit. So you have God living in you if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If you have accepted him as your Savior, he's in you. So don't take that for granted. This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. So Jesus didn't get mad. He didn't get ugly with them. He didn't want to fight, right? I remember back in the day, somebody test me or say something crazy. I'd be ready to cuss them out, ready to fight. But that's not showing love, Right? That they may have some charge to bring against them. Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers on the sand. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Look at that love in progress. Look at God's grace in progress. His compassion. His gentleness. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And then. It says he asked her to go and sin no more. So he was using grace and truth. He uses grace and truth. First John 4. We're going to move to our second half of our message here. This is when um, the check engine light comes on, I like to say. Check engine light. So the Bible declares that part of us loving one another confirms that we have salvation. It confirms that you're on your way to heaven. It confirms that you do have the Holy Spirit, that you are a child of God. And we're going to look at that because God wants us to make sure we're on the right side of the table. So 1 John starting at verse 1 John 4 starting at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Let's get that straight. Love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. How are you born of God? John 3 talks about in order to make it to heaven, you must be born again. You must become spirit-filled. So we're born into this world biologically, right, through flesh, through human, but there's another birth that has to happen. It's called being born again. The Bible says no one shall enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again by the Spirit. So there has to be a rebirth that happens. That rebirth is what gives you the power to love people. Right? When people just do you wrong, it's the Spirit of God that causes you to overlook people's sin. To have wisdom how to deal with people. As God deals with us. Because I'm not perfect. I sin. And I have to confess my sin, but God deals with me faithfully. And he is continually growing me. And he is growing us. Verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Check engine light right there. The Bible clearly just says if if you ain't loving god says you don't know me you don't know me it's getting real it's getting hot in here because god is love how many times have any of you heard that the little kitty songs god is love god is love I, my kids since they was that, that small and even Desiree, they listened to those songs in the car they're so cute. But the truth is, God is what? Love. So if God is love and God lives in you, you must love. Verse 9. And the love of God was made manifest among us, it was revealed by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. It has been revealed to us, manifested. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. See, the way you're going to love somebody that hates you or you don't agree with or you don't care about is because you're doing it through Jesus. And when you get do it through that, they will see the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is through my love for my brother and my sister when they treat me bad. That they see God's love that died on the cross, that forgives our sins. Right? Huh? That's powerful. Because some of us think we can't do this. But God is saying, wrong, you can. So that we might live through him. It is not not I who live. Galatians 2.20. But it is. Christ that lives in me, and have crucified my flesh. It is now Christ that lives in me. So we do have power to love people we, we don't like. Or some people you might, I hope you don't hate anybody, but if somebody you hate hating right now, you hate, love can cast that out. So you can Love. Verse ten, and this is love: not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the prop- propitiation for our sins. He's the payment for our sins. See, like I said, you're gonna have to pay something to love people that don't like you. We can like, we can love the people that we like. Oh, I like Lemetria. What's up? Like this is good, right? Like, like, but man, that person—I don't want nothing to do with them. Hey, what? You a child of God? You say I don't, I don't got nothing to do with them? What type of attitude is that? See, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in Book of Corinthians thirteen. We're gonna go there too, because because it's gonna get some. It's gonna get deep. There's no way we should have an attitude to say, man, that person right there. I just—if I'm a Christian, I should. Be, mm, I can't deal with them. I've been there before. And I've had to ask God to forgive me for my big-headedness, my, my cockiness, right? My stubbornness. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love One another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So we know that we abide in Christ if we love one another. That's a confirmation that you on your way. To see Christ in glory. Because his love has been shed in your heart. And the way you treat people shows you that you love God or you don't. It's kind of black and white. But here's the power. You don't have to do it on your own. Now unto him that is able to do it seemingly abundantly, according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 3.20. See, when you're a Christian, you're supposed to have power. What's the power? It's the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go old school, King James Version. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that powers you. Now, here's the thing about power. So we see this bass guitar here. If you connect that bass guitar in the wrong connection, you're not going to hear that bass guitar play. You want to be up here, you, you, you want to play that bass? I've seen some bass players, they be grooving. They feeling it. If they, play, they, if they plug it into the wrong amplification, they ain't going to hear anything. They're like, what's going on? I can't, I can't feel the groove. You have to be connected into the right power source. See, if, you, if, if you're in the wrong power source, it ain't going to happen. God going to say, nope, it ain't right. So that's why he give us his word to remind us. See, God ain't mad at you this morning if you hate somebody, if you ain't treating somebody right. But he said, hey, let's get it right. Let's do it today. Take that weight off your back. Take the shackles off your feet. Stop beating yourself up. You need to love. And you're going to feel that weight come off your back. God said, you don't need to be carrying that weight vest. You know, sometimes when I work out, I wear, I've worn a weight vest before. And it's like, ah, it's just, man, it's heavy. Holding your back to get to your destination. God wants to take that weight vest off so you can, you can fly. Free you up. God don't want us in shackles. Verse 14, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And he in God. So we have come to know that we believe The love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. So this judgment thing is, is real. So when we all die, we're going to go somewhere. And there's going to be a final judgment one day. And God wants us to be confident that we are ready for judgment. And the way we know that is because of the love that God has placed in our heart. Love cast out fear. What is the fear towards? Worrying about, will I have eternal life? Am I going to go to hell or am I going to go to heaven? See, we don't, we don't have to have that fear because of God's love for those who are saved has been poured into our spirit. So we can have confidence in the day of what? Judgment. We don't have to fear judgment. You can actually look forward to it. You can sprint towards it. I always tell people, when you leave this earth, it's an upgrade. Now, now, now obviously, there's pain and suffering, right, for those who are left behind. And when we have loved ones that die. But that day can be a day of rejoicing, too, at the same time. Because they are going to be with their Father in heaven, right? So that's very important. We don't have to live in fear as Christians. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Hmm. Has not been perfected in love. Fear is not of God because God is love. We don't have to fear, like I said before, that judgment. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. See, that's the action again. Jesus is all about action. He's not about this. He don't talk. He he walked. He walked it, right? We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he can, whom he has not seen, love God, whom let me back up, I want to reread that. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has not seen, Cannot love God. He cannot. So if there's anything causing us not to love our brother or to love, we got to check ourselves to see what's going on. What, what's happening? What is going on? Whom he has not seen. And this command we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Another commandment. 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to be ending here soon after we hit Corinthians. 1 John 5, verses 1 and 2. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever, excuse me, loves whoever has been born of him. That's pretty straightforward. All right, Corinthians 13. This is a passage that's used at a lot of weddings, but I think it's deeper than just wedding time. It's applicable for everyday life. Corinthians 13, chapter 13, start at verse 1. See, loving God, the extreme is not always do I love or I hate. But there's a lot in between. It's an attitude, right? Um, not all attitudes mean that you hate someone. But God wants us to focus on these little bits of pieces. Like, hate is, like, way over there. Like, I don't think I can, I don't know if I ever hated anybody. But I've done a lot of the things in here that we're going to talk about that is not love, though. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. Verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers, Woo, help me, Lord. I had to work on that. But God's gotten good. He's gotten better with me. Sometimes I come from work. I work at UD. And uh, I know Melissa, she's worked, one of my friends here today, her and her family. Uh, And we've worked so hard in admissions. And we have night phoning and we had all this crazy stuff. And I'll walk in the house sometimes at night after I get my phone in. And, uh, you know, my wife is doing a great job with the kids, but I see those dishes over there. And I'm like, (laughs) not to my wife's fault, but it's like, I'm like, man, why is is this stuff around? (laughs) And then I just have to, this Holy Spirit's like, go wash some dishes. (laughs) It's like, man, it's like that patience, right? Because it's like. It ain't no fault to my wife. She's doing a great job with the kids at night. She got a lot going on. I'm working till nine and I get home is 9:15, 9:30. But I can't put all that work on her. Right? Look, he says, hold on, man. Pump the brakes. Love is patient. And what? Kind. That's a kind gesture for me to get in there and bust them subs and what you know. It's like it's serving, right? It's God is teaching me love. Right? Because love is those things that you you don't want to do sometimes. It's like, man. So I wanna say, why are these dishes up in here? <laughs> I get, I wanna, but that ain't right to say that. Right? We're gonna read why it ain't right to say that. It says, love does not envy. Hmm. That's that's envy. Wow. That means love doesn't want what other people got cuz God will give us everything we need, right? God has given us all gifts, talents to work, to to do a lot of things, right? Most of us look pretty healthy here. We got a brain to work with. We all can contribute to society. God says, you don't need to envy. I gave you something to work with. Go put it to work. Go do it. Huh? You can be amazing. I made you to be amazing. I created you in my image, right? So we won't have to worry about what somebody else got because if I'm worried about what they got, how am I going to do me? How am I going to focus on developing me if I'm looking over there? Like, oh, man. man. But no, I can't, I can't do that because now I'm not developing myself, right? I'm not allowing God to develop me, right? Love does not envy or boast some people think they're hot stuff, right? I've been in that category before, and God is like, "Come on, man! Like, bring it down a little bit, right?" Because boasting might make some of them, some people feel uncomfortable, right? Or make people feel little that's around us that may not. Some of us, some of y'all out there got all the looks in the world. Y'all look good. Y'all drive nice cars. Like, y'all got it going on. Right? But God wants us to kind of be, what, humble. He don't want us to boast. Right? It's not nothing wrong with having good things and looking good. But it's just how you carry yourself. Right? It affects people around us. Right? P- Apostle Paul said if he boasts anything, it was going to be in Jesus Christ. Right? It says, uh, it is not arrogant, self-explanatory, or rude. Right? So it's it, sometimes it can be easy to be rude to people, right? It does not insist on its own way. It means that everything doesn't have to go the way I want it to go, when I want it to happen. And there's my way or the highway. Y'all ever seen people like that? You can't work with them? It's like, nah, if you ain't doing it my way, now nah, I'm done. I used to be like that sometime on the playground, right? you you playing a game, <laughs> and you just, like, you get caught up in you want to win so bad that you have to alter the rules so it, like, it helps you win, right? It's like kitty stuff, right? But you have adults like that. I mean, we see it in politics. We see it in government. Like, they fix things to make it work. Just one way. It ain't about let's come together and do this together. It's like people got power trips, right? they power tripping. It's about their way or it's the highway. That is not love. You know, not giving people a chance to express their opinions or you just like, you just bulldoze people like, oh. Right? Those are things we have to be careful about. It does not assist on its own way. It is not iterable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So as we see, as I wrap up here God wants us to love one another. I've learned so much about God studying this passage, and he's helped me see a lot about myself where I can grow. And the power that he's put in us through his spirit to love others so that others will come to know him. And so my prayer, my hope is that we will love one another. There's people out there that need love, right? I'm not talking about the romance love, you know, that type of stuff. I'm talking about just genuine love. Even in romance love, your, your, your love is going to be tested, right? Because even couples are not perfect, right? Or our kids are not perfect. co not perfect. And we need to love people, Right? And ask for wisdom how to love people so people can see Christ in us. And for those who don't know him, they can see something that's appealing, not about us, but they can see God. And if they ask what it is about you that makes you different or what is it that causes you to love people and to treat people right, now you can say what? You can give them the gospel message. It's because of God living in me. It is John 3.16, for God's love of the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because God loved me. That's why I love people. And that's the whole purpose of loving one another. So God can be glorified. People can see God and his plan for mankind. Worship team, come up. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for challenging us to love one another. So many people need love in a broken world. May we be Peacemakers, May we love people. May we use your power that you've given us to love those that are in our households, the workplace. When we come together and worship in any place you put us, Father, may we show your love through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.